Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Broke Down Podcast. This is episode number 80. My name is Jonathan. I am glad that you are here with me today. I want to start by reminding you, as usual, that the Broke Down Podcast is a part of Osiris. Osiris Media is on a mission to connect you with the things, the music and art that you love through podcasts and videos and other things. So check out everything that they're doing at OsirisPod.com. All right, so this is this is an off week for the Broke Down Podcast. Let's see, we put out one last week with Alex Wise talking about Bob Weir's guitar playing. But uh, you guys, or some of you guys, hopefully some of you guys out there, helped push me over 2,000 followers on Twitter. And I promised I would put out a bonus episode this week if you did it on Sunday. And you did. So here we are. Uh, it's Tuesday afternoon. I am recording this intro. And we've got a cool little episode here for you. Uh, this is I have an interview with Billy Bright, who is a mandolin player from the great, great bluegrass band Wood & Wire. Wood & Wire was nominated for a Grammy for their previous record, North of Despair, and the follow-up came out in August. It is entitled No Matter Where It Goes From Here. Billy was uh, pretty entertaining to talk to. We had a nice time chatting. I think you'll enjoy that. And afterwards, we're going to. I'm just going to blaze right into some music. We're going to hear a uh, wooden wire tune, and then uh, and then I'll be back. Then I'll be back. I will talk with you some more. So uh, let me run down the usual things in case you don't know. Maybe this is your first time with us. By the way, I, you know, thanking people for all the follows and everything. But maybe you're new. Are you new? Well, if you are, reach out to me. Say hi. You can find me on. Twitter at BrokeDownPod, Instagram at BrokeDownPod. By the way, we use more followers there, but I understand if you don't, because it's pretty boring. I just announced the episodes. Not too much going on there. Uh, I try to keep it simple. Everybody's got too much stuff and all their feeds anyways, right? Uh, but anyways, yeah, um, on the Instagram, on the Twitter, you can find me on the web. We have a blog on the interwebs, BrokeDownPodcast.blogspot.com. And there you can find the show notes for every episode, including the track listings. You can find out what we played. You can also find the links to the things I talk about, like, uh, well, like the Wooden Wire album, no matter where it goes from here, uh, that is already out and there for you to buy somewhere, or you can find it on a streaming service if that's your bag. Uh, but I, I recommend buying music. It's really good. You know, artists, particularly right now, I mean, they can't even tour. You know, some people are doing drive-in shows, but there's kind of limited capacity for that sort of thing to happen. Limited capacity for people to attend those. Winter's coming. So buy records. That's a good one. I really like it. So uh, that having been said, let's go ahead and get into this discussion with Billy Bright from Wood & Wire. Thank you for taking a minute to talk to me. Um, My I'm pleasure. I'm pretty, you know, it's funny. I was like, oh yeah, I, I, I like bluegrass groups. These guys, I, I, you know, I'd heard you a little bit and, uh, and then I, I dug into it and I was like, oh God damn, these guys are great. <laughs> and I got ah, incrementally wow, more so excited the more attention I paid to what I was getting into here. And, uh, and I can tell you, it, it kind of peaked out earlier today. I was like, wow, when I will get to it though. Um, so yeah, I'm really glad to, uh, have you, uh, on the show, if you will. Well, thanks. I'm glad to join. It's ostensibly a Grateful Dead podcast, but really, you know, while there's always Grateful Dead music in it, it's really just about um, 
you know, I like to talk to a lot of different artists and kind of use it as an opportunity to a expose deadheads to other music because some deadheads are a little bit narrow. Um, not as much as it used to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like, a, not like the old days when, you know, they were playing all the time and that's all you had to listen to because it took all your time. But, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but also it kind of allows me to like put their music into kind of different contexts. If I can relate what somebody else is doing back to the dead, it kind of, I think it keeps that vital yeah. and interesting for them and for me. And uh, plus it just gives me an opportunity to like, talk to all kinds of cool folks about really great music. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So your, your new record, uh, we'll, we'll start here and we'll come back here and whatever is, uh, called no matter where it goes from here. I'm telling you as if you don't know, but everybody else out there ought to know it came out in late August and it's available everywhere. It's, it's really good, man. There's a, just a lot of, uh, you got good songs, you've got good instrumentals. Um, and a tough, time to put out a record when you can't back it with summer festivals and an autumn tour um how's that how's that going for you guys this year oh it's uh it's certainly been a bit of an adjustment you know uh although it's shed light on how how much we were away and it's been great to kind of there's, you know, there's been hidden benefits that I didn't expect. <laughs> um, but, uh, but the, uh, economic, you know, side of it is, uh, is pretty out there. You know, you can just be going along and then flying off a cliff. Um, so it's been a trip for sure. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, the the unexpected benefits, you know, I found a couple of myself. You know, I've seen more of my kids this year than any year, honestly, which is yeah, kind of great. And, I, and I'm not a, a touring rock musician or a pop mu or any kind of musician. I work and commute, and so it is not. It's it, seeing them is is you know, wow. Turns out it, they're kind of fun to be around. Um, <laughs> yeah, same experience. I just, it's, it, it freaked me out realizing how much I had been gone before that and just kind of <laughs> right? finding some sense of balance in doing that. But it was amazing how looking back after a few months, it was like, wow, I, I really was going at a completely different pace and direction, you know, without being entirely conscious of it at all. Well, if things um, improve out there in the world, maybe it'll uh, motivate us to find better balance um, and still be able to do the things we need to do and want love to do and whatnot going out yes, the road. Yes, so. I would like to bring some of the realizations forward into whatever follows, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I hope so, too. Well, we don't have to. We don't have to dwell on that. We've got a great record to talk about, and I want to learn more about you as well. Um, and and I'll tell you, um, I, I'm going to just jump right in with this. I thought I might save it, so I was doing my diligence and read the band's bio and stuff, and it, I noticed that it it makes a good point, a fair point, I think, of steering readers and people away from that like easy assumption that you guys are country boys who grew up learning to pick at your daddy's knee or whatever. You know that kind of typical uh, bluegrass tradition you guys come from a lot of different backgrounds uh like you uh from what i've read you come from like punk music you you 
played other far yeah. different stuff before? Well, as far as like playing an instrument in a yeah. group, that's where I started was in bands that happened to be punk rock bands yeah, at that age <laughs> when I was a teenager and stuff. Um, and then, you know, moved into hard rock and metal and rock and roll and psychedelic rock and lots of, you know, and eventually found the other musical tidbits that were out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, your connection to modern sounds and music is pretty obvious when, when I listen to this. Um, as I, I've listened to a, a lot of bluegrass from all the years, um, you know, I hear more contemporary sounds and just the way you mix, the way you guys interplay a little bit, but also even in your lyrics. At the very beginning of the record, I hear reference to Banksy and Kerouac in the first like line of the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is great because traditional bluegrass will continue to have a place, but taking it forward, um, people have been doing that for quite some time and you guys continue to do it. You've got a nine minute instrumental on this record. That is not I don't I don't have anything like that on a Kenny Baker record. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um although, you know, I did see I did see a video once of of Bill Monroe and Norman Blake playing Sally Gooden together that was about nine minutes. Wow, yes, I have to pick that one up. Um, yep. I was looking to see what kind of rabbit holes we could jump through together, and uh, you guys are from based in Austin, and I, I've never been to Austin. I know it's a great music town, but I also know there's a, uh, you know, a lineage of bluegrass in Texas. Cause one of my favorite bluegrass labels is uh, Slim Richie's uh, Ridge Runner records. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. So, yeah. so I wrote this, let me tell you, I wrote this like sort of question, conversational prompt pretty early in my notes before I had got through my, my reading, believe it or not. And for the listeners out there, Ridge Runner records was a good early vehicle for like, Sam Bush, Alan Mund, Dan Huckabee, Roland mm -hmm. Buckwhite, and even Kenny Baker had a record on there. Um, and so then I'm poking around on your website and there's a picture of Slim Ritchie and then another shot of you and Alan Mund and you guys have made a record together or two records together. <laughs> yeah. That blew my mind. Our so, second record is, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that, that's, that's where I am. Tell me about that. Yeah, that, um, well, Ridge Runner Records and Texas and Bluegrass History. Oh, uh, there's, there's a lot of it. Um, but yeah, going back as far, far as that and well, I mean, Alan and Slim met, um, Slim is who Alan bought his first banjo from like up in, uh, Norman, Oklahoma, which is where they were both from. Um, so their, their connection goes super, super way back. And, um, I don't know at what point Slim moved down to Texas and, started going instead of Mike didn't they used as to call Slim. Him, didn't they used to call him like the most dangerous guitar in Texas or in yeah. the West? Or <laughs> yeah, like exactly. The most dangerous guitar player in Texas. Yeah. When I met Slim was later on um, in Slim's years. Um, I mean, I probably knew him for the last 15 or 20 years of his life, but, um, but you know, he had a lot of, a lot of things going on before, before oh, yeah. that so um but yeah the ridge runner records they yeah they did that um 
was it Poor Richard's Almanac they did, or was it the yeah, was, Alan and Sam duet, or yeah. the Poor Richard's uh, Almanac like, um, was, the, was the first one they put out, and it was a reissue. They had come out on a different label. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that uh, Slim okay. started this label. It was because he had his own label, uh, another one. Uh, he started this label to put out Alan Mund records, and so then they. Oh really? <laughs> Alan Mund, and yeah, they put out a couple of his titles, and then just started doing other people as well. And I, I think yeah. I had the first. I think I might be missing one or two, uh, the first like 15 from that label. It's such a, such good stuff. People, if you want to get into collecting bluegrass records, go get, buy anything on Ridge Runner. Um, yeah, certainly an old hardcore nation, definitely a Texas thing. I mean, Slim. Oh yeah. That was one of his things that he did long ago. I've heard people joke that he, you know, owned, he owns, oh, if it's a bluegrass title, Slim owns it. You know, the, the funny thing about Slim is I, when I was first um, finding people to play bluegrass with and learn how to play, um, was up in Boston and uh, it was back in the early nineties <laughs> and, and uh, that, there wasn't a lot of like places you could buy acoustic instruments and there's still not, but there was even less, even fewer places where you could find you know, I mean, you could only get what there was at Tower Records, and then then you had to go down to the record stores and stuff. But as far as the music stores go, there was this um, one we used to like to go to in Somerville, Mass. And um, I got this book, Slim Richie's, you know, bluegrass song lyrics, and it was like this, you know, somebody had obviously just made it at their house and like sent it off to these music stores and stuff, and. And I just bought it. I had no idea Slim Richie was a real person or anything like that, you know, and I bought it to have a, just a practical, like to have some of these lyrics. And right. <laughs> it, was like, it was like done as somebody's typewriter, you know, and just like, just like, just like little poems all over the, all over the page, B flat, you know, or whatever. And <laughs> um, uh, it looked like somebody's personal song collection because basically it was. And um, Slim Richie's this, that, and we had like two or three volumes of them. And we used them all the time. And then when I moved down to Boston, I mean, Austin and eventually met him and, you know, got wrapped up around, in and around him. And uh, <laughs> it was such a trip to realize that that was that guy because <laughs> it just seemed like some cowboy character off of a, you know, right. cartoon or something. Yeah, it um, sounds like a book. character almost, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he and Alan, and then uh, eventually the bluegrass, working in bluegrass with my band and being in Texas led me to Alan, and we and then we started doing a bunch of stuff together, so that made the Slim connection even uh, deeper and, um, you know, more interesting. Got to learn a lot about those two guys and how they uh, affected each other, <laughs> you know. It's amazing. I am um, just excited to to be this few degrees away from those cats right now. So, um, oh man, <laughs> just talking to you. Uh, well, so you were in Boston, but let, let's take it back a little bit further for you. Then, so you're from El Paso, are you not? Is it? I had that wrong. Uh, yeah, sort of. Sort I mean, of. yeah. My I ended up living there most of my life. Yes. Okay. Um, my roots are in the south and. But Alabama, yes. I mean, okay. El Paso is my hometown. That's right. Fair enough. And is it, so that's the one you reference in the song, the uh, 
Oh yeah, right, right, exactly, exactly. El Paso reference to the border and the lyrics and i was just listening to it and it's just flown out of my brain right now but uh yeah it's a, a groovy groovy number if i can use my uh my most archaic <laughs> phrase. Um, oh, thanks <laughs> yeah i dig it actually you know i i want to i keep bouncing around I, the record had a couple things that were just uh well it's it's chock full really i mean I think folks will really dig it but um, a couple of things I wanted to ask about or talk about specifically. One is um, the listeners to this show will know this name. Peter Rowan plays with you guys on one track, Roadies Circles, which is uh-huh. a cool instrumental. And uh, and Peter kicks it off with a little bit of a, a little bit of a yodel. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. How did you guys come across Peter? Well. Um... I worked with him for a long time in the early, in the, yeah, like, I, I guess like 99 to 2004 or something. I did a bunch of different, different things. And, um, that was, uh, uh, and we had crossed paths with him, um, and done some picking with him with the band once at a, at the festival here in Texas. And, um, after I had been in the band for a couple of years and we, um, hooked up with him at Old Settlers here and uh, and did that. But as far as it relates to this song goes, that was just kind of uh, um, as we were developing the song, the idea had floated out there, and uh, then just as we were finishing the record, it was kind of like a we had finished everything, and then the the pandemic hit and we were all floating and then, and then, uh, just with trying to figure out if we were going to release it and all this stuff, we were just floating and floating and didn't even know what we were going to do. So at one point I just thought, uh, after I had played the song for my wife, she's, she's a, she said without any prompting said, you know, I could hear Peter on that song. And, and uh, um, and I thought, well, let's reach out to him. And we we did. And it just so happened that we were able to make it work. And it was really fun. So, yeah, it was just uh, like a, you know. It's cool. It's, to, a, it's a good track. So. Getting, to, getting to chat with Peter a little bit. So it was a fun addition. And he, he pointed out some things about the tune and had some, had some ideas. And it was, it was fun to collaborate yeah, that one uh, really made me uh, sit up. I think probably in the, you know, I, I, I do a lot of my research listening. I've I told the, the audience this in the past, but I do a lot of my research listening while I'm also working. And uh, so I have to listen to things multiple times, make sure I'm really getting them. Uh-huh. Um, but which Yeah, is, that was our banjo player wrote that song. It's got a real snap to it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and it, 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 in fact, was one of the first things that i wrote down was you know that this this tune's really got it's got something and then i realized uh, in my reading i was like oh that's the one that peter rowan's on and i was like, okay yeah, it's something yeah, to it yeah. but uh <laughs> w- one of the other things that jumped out at me was the song pigs which um i i mentioned earlier you guys have uh you're not afraid of you know reflecting your times and this song it doesn't it and interesting thing, it's got that um, lyric, uh, dig a hole, dig a hole in the meadow. That's a, it's a darling chorus, yeah. isn't it? And But then 
That's right. But the rest of it is very much about, I mean, about now, here and now. I, uh, I have a lot of respect for, you know, artists who seem like they're, and I say seem like uh, because you guys are broader than strictly bluegrass, I think. But you're, you are a bluegrass group, but you're not afraid to step out and be political and honest about some of the things happening in our world. And I, I like that. I respect mm. that. It's a strong tune. Yeah, that's a, that's a, um, that's a, that's a great tune. Um, Tony, our guitar player and singer, and he writes a lot of our material, him and, uh, our friend Silas Lowe contributed some on that song as well. Um, yeah, it's kind of a social commentary thing, I guess. And I, I dig it. It's a, um, it's hard not to, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, well, it was a, that was, you know, as far as, uh, it's like, it started out as really like, <laughs> really like good just from the, you know, as a song, <laughs> you know, so that, to be able to add a sort of band component to that was like, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, another one worth talking about well they're all again they're all worth talking about but another one i'd like to to bring up is this uh this one i think is one of yours uh home on the banjo home and the banjo um oh yeah this is a great like great references to you know jd crow um it's a little like a uh, old home place but it's a little, a lot less mm. tangible than the uh, knocking down mm. the mill and putting up a city or leaving the plow in the field, so to speak. It's uh, right, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I, um, tell me about where that comes from, and you write, if you don't mind, if you don't want to talk about your songwriting. I understand. Well, I mean, I can, I can divulge what I can, sort of blather, um, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, well, that one is kind of, uh, about as, you know, as far as a specific, it, that one's really, a uh, quite a smattering of, um, combined things. And it was, to me, that song is, uh, central to a lot of the work we've done together just since I've been able to join the band, which was in 2014. So we've had a good, like, run of starting to play a ton of shows together and and uh be able to get into a sort of um unspoken musical realm as far as developing music goes you know and just being able to sit down and talk (laughs) musically speaking um and that song uh kind of developed that way with um I mean, I wrote it and I brought it into the band. It was kind of a different song as far as it was kind of like a dad, gad finger style, uh, just a song. I mean, that's the only way I had ever played it anyway. Um, and so it was, it had, it has a different tone when I, when I sing it. And, um, at some point in time, I had, the chorus was completely separated on a different song. And at some point in time, I combined them. And uh, and then that with the, the way it changes when 
like Tony sings it, it has a whole different tone to the song that works in a, in a different way. So, um, you know, really developed a lot, um, amongst everybody. And that's, that's, a, that's one thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the beauty of collaborating. And, uh, you know, we could say I, I write songs and, you know, there more than once I have, uh, definitely, put together a song from like, you know, I've got these verses, I've got this thing over here that is something else altogether. But you know what, if I grab this and put it in here, they make some sort of cosmic sense. Um, so I've definitely done some of that. And then the other hand, the uh, hearing it from another voice, I've written some songs for a band and, and, you know, I hear them one way when I write them down and then I send them to these guys and somebody else you know, writes the music or modifies the music and he sings it in his own voice. And I'm like, Oh, wow. That is mine, but that's not mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. You know, it's, but it's, it's, you know, really opens your, your ears to what you just did. Right. Um, it's kind of cool to hear. Yeah. I mean, this song, this song, I had the, the original verses I had, um, worked on, we're like this super sarcastic song that had, it had some different lyrics and it was like, you know, just making fun of the way things are or whatever. And, um, it had that kind of tone to it. And then I had this other really like, kind of like, I don't know, um, kind of sad sounding, uh, chorus. I don't know if sad is the right word, but, um, forlorn or something, but, um, uh, it just, it just seemed kind of asinine to merge them together and, you know, better try it (laughs) but then as you know and then as i worked on it with tony it's kind of weird that that certain parts of it came through that worked and then we kind of like adapted the story a little bit not adapted but like had a couple different ways of saying the same thing or i don't know um just that rolled off the tongue in a certain way and sure uh yeah and then when it all came together it had a whole different tone it was just um uh but as far as what it's about, I mean, whew, I mean, so many things. You you can leave that to the it, listener. You don't. You don't yeah, <laughs> I'd rather. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. I, I don't think it's something better than I can think of. That's the thing, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, and I felt I kind of felt reluctant in the middle of my question to like run down that road because again, as a writer, or you know, uh, I, I don't always feel like I want to explain it. And you know, one of my favorite writers. Uh, I, Grateful Dead podcast. So Robert Hunter, you know, he doesn't explain his songs. He, uh-huh. he never did. And, uh, and you know what? I think, I think we're all better for it. So some, every now and then it's a little obvious when he's, but, uh, and that's fine. But otherwise it's really about, and he said this, it's really about what the listener gets from the song anyways. So. Yeah. No matter what you're leaving into, something to the imagination. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, you can mean one thing, but people are going to hear it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's people. Right? Yeah. Either way, I mean, I, you know, some of the, one of the greatest, you know, well, one of those experiences in life is getting to a point where you realize you heard the lyrics all wrong. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. certain things. <laughs> and you start to hear them right, and it's like, oh wow, cool. Yeah. yeah there's this. Uh, I, that happens to me with Bob Dylan songs and I've been listening to Bob Dylan 
hard for ages, for ages. Yeah. And every now and yeah. then I'll hear one and be like, oh, wait, I've misunderstood this yeah. for, for decades. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. That's an amazing thing, huh? It's a, it's you either get moment. the meaning or the meaning changes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the, the best songs are the ones that can change with you. Yes. But the worst thing is realizing that you're living a real life country song. <laughs> well, I mean, I have definitely cried into a beer before. So. Oh, no. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, that's... <laughs> what are you going to do? No. The, yeah. the, the, things are cliche because they happen so much. Um, maybe. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So uh, I want to ask you a few more questions, and I don't really know what they are. Um, I just I'm enjoying this chat. Um, I did see one of the notes that said you're uh, in your. It's in the band bio on the website. So if you don't like the question, don't blame me. The um, <laughs> <laughs> said that you have a a deadhead older brother. Oh yeah, right. yeah yeah, absolutely. Tie this, tie this to Grateful Dead one way or the other. Um, Oh, well, that, that shouldn't be hard. I mean, for me, uh, uh, we want to tie it to the Grateful Dead. It definitely goes back to, uh, to that, to, um, the early nineties when I was, uh, getting into, um, uh, the psychedelic rock and all that stuff. And then they, of course found the dead and then, um, at the same time was was um uh following the colonel bruce hampton and the aquarium rescue unit oh, and cool. uh the early bela fleck uh fleck tone stuff um the, the original quartet you know era um and uh and then um the the Garcia Grisman album came out and sort of like my brother had been going out to go to all these shows and was like taping shows and mailing, you know, that tapes around and stuff, nice. trading and all that. Absolutely, man. And, uh, uh, it was, it was really cool to, to see all that and see that exchange and, and, and hear all that music. But then, yeah, somehow the the combination of getting into like Neil Young and Hot Tuna and all this stuff, and then the the Grateful Dead kind of fell into that um, from my perspective, and then uh, the Garcia Grisman stuff, which led me immediately to Old in the Way, of which I was uh, uh, I'm I'm a forever fan, and so that's really my indoctrination into what, you know, led me to, I'm an example of one of the guys that, that, uh, that, you know, um, got led to bluegrass by Garcia and Garcia Christmas. <laughs> you, you, so, yeah, you're, you're in very good company and, and large, <laughs> large company, but I, I was, I was noticing that I've talked to, yeah. to a lot of players who, came to bluegrass from grateful dead we were at Delfest last year and i mm -hmm. i'm i'm there jerry garcia pin on my hat talking to whomever just hey, all the all kinds of artists back there and and 
yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, well, you know, old in the way, got me into this. And uh, with the exception yeah. of like Ronnie McCurry, who kind of went the other way. Um, <laughs> Because he right. comes from a bluegrass family, and then is you know he he knows Dave Grisman, and he listens to this record, and he's like, oh wow, you know, so he went the other way, but uh, everybody else just went right through, um, just like yourself, and and it was for me too. Uh, that's that's where I first really listened to bluegrass, and you know, downhill ever since, man. So yeah, and you know, I've I've uh, it's. Um... It's funny how it's, it took me to bluegrass and then I, uh, um, I don't know, went so far down the bluegrass hole. It was like, you know, nothing else existed for a good long while. And then I guess a little while later, I started coming back up for air a little bit. And then, and then when I do, you know, all the Grateful Dead stuff makes even more sense to me as a, as a, as a bluegrass musician, it's like, wow, did this somehow lead me to bluegrass from the southwestern desert of El Paso? I didn't grow up around bluegrass or anything. I was from a completely, you know, uh, a family that had no known idea of any of this <laughs> stuff yeah. existing. So, so you know, somehow, yeah, I, I got uh, led down that path there. You know, thank goodness. Yeah, right. Uh, seems to be seems to be I working mean, out. I felt like I was in a, you know, magical, uh, magical stony forest with dog music playing in the background. <laughs> that sounds cool. I'd like to be uh, there. Yeah. So, um, you guys were nominated for a Grammy for the last record. Um, which is also a great record. Uh, I should go ahead and, and put out there, uh, and and well deserved, I think. Um, but did that have any impact other than giving you another tag to put in the bio? I don't I don't know what that does to get the a bluegrass Grammy nomination. What does that do for a group, mm. if anything? Well, it was. Uh, I don't. I mean, the short answer to your question is. That's a good question. Um, but, uh, I mean, I think it, uh, there was some, you know, of a bump in interest, um, booking like from new people, you know what I mean? Yeah. From new sort of, um, avenues there for a little while that have led to, you know, this, that, and the other, it's like a bump in the, in the whole thing, a good bump, you know, um, it's it's something it's certainly something that i had never had in my uh goals as far as um having any realistic connection or, or target focused on that but um it was a really it blew my mind how neat of an experience it was um like to go there and sort of be a part of the just their their whole world going into the awards and stuff, you know, it's, it was like a, it was a ride, um, as far as the actual thing goes. And as far as, I mean, other, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not, oh, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed about it, but, um, <laughs> but, um, it, uh, but it's, as far as what it did, I mean, it's, uh, 
Um, just had to made us have to work that much harder for the next one. There you go. It's something. <laughs> to um, yeah. Right. Um, no, it was really cool. Um, and yes, there was some, there was a, we had a busy, you know, year following that. And, uh, we're basically planning on hunkering down to record and release an album this time this year. And then, um, all the spring stuff happened and we, didn't know what we were going to do and then decided that we wanted to put it out for, for goodness sake. Um, I, I think you did the right thing. I, I know, you know there are a lot of bands put albums on hold, kicked them down uh, one month, two months, three months till next year or whatever. And I, you know, the album cycle can be so long just if there, if there mm-hmm. is such a thing as an album cycle, you know, the time between records, you know, it's variable mm-hmm. for every artist or what have you. But, you know, to think of just sitting on one for another year, um, even though you can't go tour with it, um, you know, eventually you'll be able to play tour with it in some way. Um, and then yeah, thinking about you guys probably already writing some stuff and maybe you'll think about another record next year. Is it too soon to say? Yeah, I, I don't know what our uh <laughs> we haven't been doing one a year <laughs> up to now. I, um but I was thinking uh, about all that spare well, time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um funny thing about that. Um <laughs> the uh <laughs> uh we recorded like a ton of stuff and then pulled nine out for this collection. So there's probably close to half of the other records potential of stuff sitting there that's a good i feel like that's a good start and anyway so here's here's what you do you can laugh this off but uh next year (laughs) we're gonna just say it's next year you can you know when you're gonna be you're gonna book a tour and you can reissue this album a deluxe edition Two LPs, two CDs. Yeah, get those extra nine songs out there. Make us all. Oh, there you go. So that's that's a great idea. (laughs) Uh, This Mm. this is what comes from just buying records and rebuying records over the years. You start to pick up these ridiculous marketing ideas. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And they work. (laughs) Uh, It's kind of funny that the appreciation of those things kind of slips with the the modern method of. sharing music you know but yeah all those old different collections there's some funny stuff yeah i'm 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 still one of those guys who buys physical stuff yeah yeah much to my wife's chagrin um records (laughs) showing up on the doorstep every week Um, yeah yeah this is what we do it's Um, it's appealing you know it's there's nothing not to like there well, man, this has been a lot of fun. I won't keep you any longer, um, but I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I will say again that you know, the record is outstanding, and it's called No Matter Where It Goes From Here. This has been this has been a good time. Thanks, Jonathan. I've enjoyed chatting with you, and uh, talk soon. Hopefully we'll see you out on the road at some point. There's a great woman who's old and wise Been around and around a long damn time Said things changed, she was a girl It's been hard to watch this mess unfurl We hang our hats on reality stars 
can't take your money to the grave. Take your money to the grave. It's a funny world. to the grave all right and that was pigs by wood and wire on their album no matter where it goes from here i really really had a great time talking to billy i hope you enjoyed listening to it uh really cool guy really great band and uh let's get into some grateful dead shall we am i talking really fast today i've had a lot of coffee today what are you gonna do um yeah, so Grateful Dead. I've got just a chunk of kick-ass music. It's all from one show, uh, which, you know, does happen sometimes. We're going to go back to 1971, October 30th, 1971, Taft Auditorium, Cincinnati, Ohio. Now, you're probably familiar with the next night, Halloween, 
they that's where Dick's Picks 2 comes from, uh, the second set at least. But this show, The Night Before, again, early in the Keith era. In fact, you'll hear an introduction of Keith pretty early on in this. And it's just got some great, great playing. Uh, I, I really like the whole thing. So if you enjoy this show, this it's an FM sourced recording. So there's really great tapes out there in circulation. Great rockin' jamming. That the things aren't super long. Like of course, it's, it's an early playing in the band, so it's I think it's like six and a half minutes long, maybe. Beautiful though. Me and Bobby McGee. All the rock songs are really good. Nice loser. Uh, beat on down the line that we kick it off with. Just it's rockin'. Just so good. The comes a time is exceptional. I think you'll I think you'll really enjoy that. It's a little bit different. It's early, and Jerry is way into it. Uh, there's some good banter between tracks, uh, just 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 a little bit. I tried to keep the tuning down. There's a lot of tuning on this show, so I tried to trim that down a little bit, but there is some banter, so if you notice that the tuning is lingering, listen up, because somebody's going to say something probably. But the, the trucking is is a rocker. Now, it's 1971. It's not like 1972 truckins, which, you know, led to deep, deep jams for 20 minutes or whatever, or bled into the other one or he's gone or all the kinds of things that they uh, later grew to do but you could hear it coming you could really hear something taping taking shape in here in fact i'd argue i don't know i would entertain a discussion about them possibly getting towards the other one on this jam it's just a really good trucking and then we wrap it up with a little not fade going down not fade and I hope you guys enjoy it. I had a good time listening to it and putting it together for you. I'll remind you again that you can find me on the Twitter and the Instagram at BrokeDownPod. You can find me on the web at BrokeDownPodcast.blogspot.com. And I think that's about it for this bonus episode. We'll actually, we'll be back next week, assuming I can hammer it all together for, with a regular, regularly scheduled episode. Um, so that's exciting. And until then, be well. Well, this job I got is a little too hard. Running out of money, Lord, I need more pay. Gonna wake up.
While we're tuning up, I'd like to take this opportunity to introduce our new piano player, Keith Godshow, from Concord, California. Pigpen got a little sick, and so he won't be with us on this tour. And Keith has kindly consented to take his place, much to our pleasure.
to scream at us. Machine. 
Busted flat in Baton Rouge and waiting for a train. Feeling nearly faded as my jeans. While we flagged the diesel down and just before the train took us all the way to New Orleans. I took my out of my duty red bandana I was blue and sad while Bobby sang the blues with the windshield wiper slapping time Bobby clapping hand we find the same you have a song that driving in Word for nothing left to do. Nothing ain't worth nothing but free. 
good enough for me, Bobby McGee.
comes a time when the blind man takes your hand, says, Don't you see? Gotta make it somehow. All the dreams you still believe, don't give it up. You got an empty cup, only love can fill. Only love can fill. Walking a morning, been walking all night. I can't see much difference between the dark and light, and I hear the And I taste the rain Never in my mind To cause so much pain Comes a time When the blind man Takes your hand Says don't you see Gotta make it somehow All the dreams you still believe Don't give it up You got an empty cup Only love can fill Only love can fill The words come out like an angry stream. You hear yourself say things you could never mean. When the heat cools down. You find your man. You've got a lot of words you've got to stand behind. Comes a time when the blind man takes your don't you see Gotta make it somehow All the dreams you still believe Don't give it up
feel Thank you. 
carefully tuned up again. For all you boogie freaks out there, this next number is a waltz and uh, it's a lady's choice. This town of El Paso fell in love with a Mexican girl. Nighttime would find me in Rose's Cantina. Music would play and Felina would whirl. Dark is the night where the eyes of Felina wicked and evil while casting a spell. My love was strong for this Mexican maid. Was in love, but in vain I could tell. One night a wild young cowboy came in, wild of the West Texas wind. Passion, daring, a drink he was sharing. Wicked Felina, the girl that I love. So in anger, I challenged his right for the love of this maiden. On his hand for the gun that he wore. My challenge was answered in less than a heartbeat. Some young stranger lay dead on the floor. Just for a moment, I stood there in silence, shocked by the foul evil deed I had done. Many thoughts raced through my mind as I stood there. Had but one chance. That was to run Out through the back door of roses I ran Out where the horses were tied I picked a good one, it looked like it could run I'm going back and away I did run Just as fast as I could from the West Texas town of El Paso through the badlands of New Mexico. Back in El Paso, my life would be worthless. Everything is gone and life nothing to live. It's been so long since I've seen the young maid. My love is stronger than my fear of death. I settled up in the way I could go. I didn't load in the dark. Tomorrow a bullet may find me And nothing's worth than this pain in my heart And at last here I am on the hill Overlooking El Paso To see roses can be 
pushes me onward Down off the hill to the lane I go Off to my right I see five mounted cowboys Off to my left right a dozen or more Shouting and shooting I can't let them catch me I've got to make it to Rose's back door Something is dreadful and wrong for I feel Burning pain in my side. It's getting harder to stay in the saddle. I'm getting weary and unable to ride. For my love for Melina is strong and I rise where I've fallen. Though I am weary, I can't stop to rest. I see the white of the smoke from the rifle. Feel the bullet go deep in my chest. Come out of nowhere, Felina has found me. It's in my cheek as she kneels by my side. Greater my true love than arms that I'll die for. One little kiss and Felina could Just like Jack the Ripper Just like Mojo Ham Just like Billy Sunday In a shotgun ragtime band Just like New York City Just like Jericho Raise the walls and climb the wall And get out when they blow Do you 
myself a favor Did you say your name was Rambling Rose? And break time. I know this song, it ain't never gonna end. I'm gonna march you up and down the local county line, take you to the leader of a band.
Come on, man. Come on, man. You gotta be a cop. Is that it? Play trucking. Play trucking. We'll play whatever we like. Of course, that's not saying yeah, that you won't like country, it. Yeah, it's a free country, you might you like know? it too. You might like it too. It might be all right. It might be something perfectly okay. What about all those people that might not like trucking? Well, how about it, man? We're wasting valuable time, folks, but it's really okay in the long run. You folks out there, uh, are you folks back there sitting right under the, the lip of the balcony? You want to watch out because any minute now, any minute now, they're going to be dropping a whole load of live chickens on you. <laughs> Joking up the bubble, oh, I've been thinking 
back again oh when i get 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 back again oh back again oh back again Uh, we'll let you all know in advance that there uh, is a time limit tonight. And, uh, uh, nine o'clock California time, but. I love 
suits my clothes Going down 
Fade away. 